You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Life Radio's On the Road with Mac and Molly. This is your host, Donna Haleson. And in this episode, we bridge from our series on animal artwork to a profile of Hand in Paw, or HIP, an animal-assisted therapy organization based in Birmingham, Alabama. With us is Kitty Terry, Executive Director of Hand in Paw, and in the next moments, she'll be telling us about her organization's programs Sit, Stay, Read, Petscription, and positive living. From her, we'll also hear about Picasso Pets, the clever fundraising effort that brings together on one canvas the work of a pet artist with the work of a professional human artist. All that and more when we return from these messages. So please, sit, stay. We'll be right back after this pause. Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Pet Life Radio has tail-wagging, fur-flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Betty White, what's the number one pet radio network in the world? Pet Life Radio. Season Milan, the dog whisperer. What radio network has over 5 million monthly listeners and over 50 pet talk shows? Pet Life Radio. Rachel Ray, where is the best place to reach potential customers if you have a pet business? Pet Life Radio. Put your business in front of over 5 million pet parents with a radio ad on Pet Life Radio, the award-winning number one pet radio network on the planet. Call our sales department today. Toll free at 877-385-8882. That's 877-385-8882. Or email us at sales at PetLifeRadio.com. Steve Wozniak, if Apple was a pet business, where would you advertise your eyelash on Pet Life Radio? Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, and you're listening to On the Road with Mac and Molly. Joining us now is Kitty Terry, Executive Director of the Birmingham, Alabama-based animal-assisted therapy organization, Hand in Paw. Welcome, Kitty. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on the road with Mac and Molly. (laughs) Yeah, from Birmingham, Alabama. Lots of fun being on the road, and we're just so grateful that you're able to be with us today and very eager to hear about what you are doing in Birmingham. And and I wonder, though, if we might even just start with a chat about Picasso Pets, which just so intrigued me when I heard about it. What is Picasso Pets, and how and when was it launched? Believe it or not, which is it's kind of hard in this business, this will be our 12th annual Picasso Pets. 
and it in the nonprofit fundraising arena, you are so excited when you find something that everyone likes. And this is absolutely one of the most people participate and have more fun at this event than any other event of it in the region. It is the most colorful, absolutely, and the most wonderful. But it started, as I said, the agency is 16 years old. So four years into Hand and Palm, they were sitting around thinking about what could we do to raise money and what would be really fun. And instead of our work is with pet partners, and we'll get to that later, and animal assisted therapy, but what if people in the community could actually paint with their animals? And so if you have a dog or a cat or a bird or a pig or a horse or whatever furry, feathery creature that you happen to love more than anything and would love to see them paint, you have that opportunity through our event, Picasso Pets. Now, the process starts earlier than the event, obviously. And it's an opportunity where, and it's it's literally open to anyone who's interested. For the most part, we serve five counties. It's been regional. We've had some people from Mobile and, Bur- and Huntsville, but never outside the state. But we have a wonderful day or two when owners of their beloved pets come and paint. And they use their noses and their tails and their paws and sometimes their hoofs. And they begin a piece of art on a canvas. And then we have some really phenomenal local artists that we call their muses that help take their magical art and it becomes really almost a masterpiece. Early on with Picasso Pets, a lot of it was abstract. You really saw just the paws of the tail of the nose of the hoofs, whatever. We now, it has become such an incredible work of art. These artists are turning these, you know, the tail into angel wings or I mean, the paintings are really exquisite and the artists that are our muses have just, the caliber is phenomenal. And it's a great night. They paint. As I said, we start the process in April because we do up to 20 paintings. And then we celebrate a night where we paint the town with a big event and it ends with an auction. And the paintings are literally auctioned off along with trips and some other items to the public and to the people that, you know, come that night. And we have actually had a painting sale for $20,000. My goodness. Well, can you give us some word pictures of maybe some of your favorite uh, canvases that have been auctioned over the years? I think, and I have to tell you, one of my most favorite three pigs did. And that one of our, our community leader called and said, I really want my pigs to paint this year. And, and let me tell you, the animals paint. This is not that, you know, they stick their paw or their hoof or whatever down and then an artist does a painting. They really, you see their work in everything. But anyway, the artist, the, the muse is someone that is a very, it actually does portraits of animals. And so the likeness, I mean, there were three pigs, the most phenomenal three pigs you've ever seen on a canvas. And yet, when you really looked, you saw their snouts and their tails, and, and the color was just unbelievable. There's a, a local artist who does really big works of art, and his work is it's almost like being in the Sistine Chapel when you go out to his farm. And, and that experience is incredible because you go out to his farm, and you're in the midst of the most you know beautiful art you've ever seen. And then he takes these animals, and they roll, and they paint and the color and then you have a seascape and you are just you know mesmerized and you're almost taken aback by the beauty of the seascape and then you look closely and then you see all the little parts that were the dogs 
the works I would actually now there isn't a painting that that we present or auction that I wouldn't love in my home that you wouldn't love in your home that anyone listening wouldn't love in their home. <laughs> the artist for and that works very hard with the animals and their temperament and what they want to create and what they're in the mood for that day and along with their owners. Uh, but it's really special because it is the love of a person and their pet that really is highlighted and shown in these paintings. I mean, you, you feel it. And although the night we have silent auction and live auction and trips to Ireland and we raise money, you know, with dinners and, and that sort of, with the big fancy dinner and all that, people come because of the animals. That moment of the owner and the animal on stage with their painting, whether you're going to buy the painting or ever even buy or ever even present is makes the night so exciting because the animals are actually part of the entire night and we really have had horses three or four times. I mean, we've had to put up a you know a stall and did the whole works for the horses to be in the ballroom. But it is a phenomenal night and as I said, I think what's really wonderful or as we look at this and with the work that we do, I mean, it, it's an opportunity for us to really show you how much we value animals and and their miraculous being, to, you know, ability to make people have a brighter day. And so we're showcasing not only our love for the animals, but this phenomenal art that they create with the help of wonderful artists. And people love it. I mean, 12 years in, and we're bigger than ever. Last year, we raised $400,000 and had 600 people. Wow. Oh, I know. My. Right. And now, what is required of individuals who would like to have their animals uh, paint? Well, we certainly don't, as I can vouch for, they do not have to go through obedience. That's what makes the day so much fun. We've gotten so, there's so much interest. And we actually have people that have come back and have had new pets or wanted their pets to paint again. The only contract that you sign with us is that the bidding starts now at $2,500. And so you are promising, hand in pocket, all the proceeds go to our programs. It goes straight to our programs. That there's a $2,500 minimum bid. And as I said, I think the most painting was auctioned for 20000 which was an Arabian horse that was magnificent. And he was just amazing in his ability to paint. And then we, as I said, we start now at about 2500 but I think the average price is between seventy five and $10,000. And so those that are painting or having their animals paint know going in that they're making a $2,500 commitment to Hand and Paw. But as far as who you are, you just call us. And we have not really ever had to advertise it. It has been word of mouth, and then people have found out about it from other parts of the state and have devoted the time since it's not just the night of, that you do come ahead of time and your animal paints and then has a wonderfully fun day and we have great people that work with the animals that are actually animal people that the animals really do have a great time. Even the cats. And uh, <laughs> who sometimes are, well, cats are sometimes a little weary of the paint. But they have fun when they, they come to hand and paw. And then it takes probably a, a few weeks for the uh, muse to finish the creation and then everyone, including their animal, comes the night of the event. And as I said, when we auctioned the paintings, we auctioned the original artists, the, uh, including the year we had the pigs, come out on stage with their owner and uh, are part of the whole auction process. Now, what is the deadline for applying? We're flexible. 
but probably we need to have it set up by June. Or we've been known to paint in July. The event is August 18th. It's usually that particular August uh, of every year. And we like for everyone to have a comfort level that you've had an opportunity to come. The owners and their pets actually meet with the artists ahead of time and talk about the personality of the animal and the artist actually plays the animal. And then we'll set up a time for the painting session and then we'll, you know, and then the, the artist will have time to finish the creation. Now, are the pieces on display prior to the auction or yes, are what they we, yield at the auction? No, we do display them. We, that's why we really like to be finished by the end of June. We take the month of July and we start off with early in July, we have what's called our gallery party and we have it at a local gallery and we display all of our art for the first time. And all the paintings are up and on display, and the owners and, of course, sponsors and those uh, most involved with Hand and Paul are invited, and the public, actually, to come to the gallery party and see these phenomenal pieces of art. And then the Harvard Center in Birmingham is a, is a facility that houses a lot of meetings monthly, like Kiwanis and Rotary or meetings like that. And so it's a wonderful opportunity for people who are going there every in the month of July to see the work. So we actually then put the art up for a month so that people in the community have an opportunity prior to Picasso Pets to see it and to know about Hand and Pound. It's a wonderful way. We feel like everything we do should be educational so that we can always talk about animal assisted therapy, our uh, passion and how important it really is. And so it gives us that one more opportunity for someone to stop and look at this painting and be amazed at, you know, the, the paw prints and how that turned into a Monet and, and then read about what we're doing. So we do that and then we take them down the day before Picasso Pets and then we have the auction on a Saturday night and then everyone takes them home, those that buy them. And owners are not always the ones that buy the paintings. There are people that fall in love with art and, and with that particular painting that will outbid an owner. And that's happened a couple of times. And the owners have come back with, okay, I'll paint again next year. <laughs> right. They didn't get to take it home. If, it's a really exciting night. Well, so if listeners are interested in having their pets considered for this, to whom do they direct their inquiries? They would direct them to me at Hand and Paw. And you can call us at area code 205-322-5144. Or you can email me at kitty, K-I-T-T-Y, which is so interesting that I work at Hand and Paul. Kitty Absolutely. at org, And I can answer any questions and direct them to the right person. And as I said, the commitment is not just a night. I mean, the commitment is that you would want the opportunity to pick out the muse that you thought best suited your animal, that you would give us a day with painting and then be present the night of uh, the event. Wonderful. Thank you for that. Well, well, let's take a break. And when we return, we'll hear about the work of Hand and Paw and the extraordinary difference the organization is making in the lives of many. So, again, sit, stay. We'll be right back. Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. 
At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to health care written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List, who you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash best and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash best, B-E-S-T. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to 1-800-PetMeds.com forward slash road, R-O-A-D, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We're back with Kitty Terry, Executive Director of Birmingham, Alabama's Hand and Paw. Before the break, we were discussing a unique fundraiser for the organization, Picasso Pets. Now, our focus turns to the organization that fundraiser benefits, Hand in Paw, or HIP. Kitty, would you tell us, please, when this organization was founded? You did mention how many years ago. I think you had said 16. And by whom? And and to meet what presenting need? Well, back in 1996... Animal-assisted therapy was, existed on a very limited number of radar screens. And it's very exciting today that you actually can read about it in the publications like the New York Times almost weekly. But 16 years ago, the former Greater Birmingham Humane Society director, Beth Franklin, founded Hand and Paul. And she wanted to have an organization where we could have animal-assisted therapy teams and that they could visit hospitals and juvenile detention centers and rehabilitation facilities. And I have to tell you, I am one lucky girl because 
the foundation, I've been the director for three years, and so the foundation, I'm so lucky to be able to take on something with such a strong foundation with so many things in place to take it to the next level. tell people daily that without Beth's incredible insight and realizing this difference animal assisted therapy can make in the lives of so many and building such a strong foundation, then I it has just been a gift to be able to work here. And I cannot take credit for anything other than being incredibly passionate and awed and amazed every single day by the work that's being done. But animal assisted therapy, we are an organization, we have actually have a hundred and, you know, Birmingham's not the biggest city in the world, but we have a hundred and fifty volunteers, pet partner teams that make more than 55,000 visits a year. And when I say 55,000 visits, some of the visits are to a group of people, so it's more individuals than 55,000. And we have 60 facilities that we are currently serving, and we have 80 on the waiting list. Oh my uh, and I know, 80. Mm. I mean, 80 different organizations that want animal assisted therapy. But all you have to do is go on one visit and then you know that lives are being changed in such a positive way. We have pet partner teams. Now, of the 150 volunteers, we have, I think, 130 are pet partner teams. And a pet partner team, and it's not a service dog, we are a certified animal and handler team. And I really want to stress the animal and handler because it is the relationship between the two because these are actually pets. Now, these are not my pets. My pets could certainly not go into the field as dearly as I love them. These are people in the community who are volunteering. They're coming in with their pets. They're going through an extensive training and certification because we go to hospitals, we go to nursing homes, we go to schools, we go to occupational physical therapies. I mean, our, probably our biggest partner is UAB and Children's Hospital. And so these pet partners are a team. It's like they said, they wear little scarves that are actually gold. It's only branding. And we changed it to the scarf because when this pet puts on the scarf, they're no longer your pet. They become an animal, a member of, you know, an animal-assisted team. And they go, yeah, we're in charge of scheduling the visits and, and doing all that. And they go in every single day in this, this community and work with people in motivating or in healing, providing empathy, nurturing, acceptance. And we have found that there isn't an area that we can't reach. And it all goes back to the unconditional love of an animal. We have children that you talked about our programs, and I, I know you like the names. Our Positive Living Program, for instance, is a 12-week program that teaches compassion and anger management to really high-risk youth. I mean, children that are wards of the state that have been through things no children should have to be through and that have not had empathy or compassion or anything. And we do this 12 weeks and these teams go in and children are able to open up and talk and think about the world through the eyes of the pet and with the pet being there. And it's totally life-changing. I mean, their lives are changed. And then we also have just started doing it with mothers and children that are affected by domestic violence and are in shelters. And, you know, both the children and the mother are able to, to talk and reveal things and be comforted. And it's, 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 like I said, it's just amazing. Another thing that we do uh, with Petscription 
is we do a lot of work with occupational and physical therapy. We do it with adults, but we also do it with children. And children have literally walked because of the dog. They have talked. Children with autism have said their first words in the presence of the dog. That all the barriers come down, and we have some phenomenal facilities doing great work in this community. And they will, all the therapists and all of the physicians will even say, it wouldn't have happened if you had, they hadn't been there, if Hand and Paul hadn't been here. We do a lot of work with cancer children and adults, and we are not curing cancer. But what we are doing is providing a moment of laughter and acceptance and life just is okay for those who are really struggling with chronic and terminal illnesses. And the time that's spent, and it's really interesting because the the patients, the clients, or those that we're serving are totally changed, but so are the families that are there for six months at Children's Hospital or the nursing home and the parents, the families that come in that day. And then we even have physicians and nurses that say, can we just play with Abby for a minute? It's going to make me feel better today. If I ever am frustrated by paperwork, since that's what executive directors do, I just go to a visit, and it really doesn't matter which visit. It may be I'm going to sit, stay, read at the Y with children who are struggling with reading. They're children that actually live in the domestic violence shelter there and are virtually homeless, and they're petrified to read out loud, and then they really are such reluctant readers, and every you watch them, and all of a sudden, within a year, reading levels are changing, and it's just that comfort level of reading to Jackson, and for an hour... John Smith may read to Jackson and it, the reading scores go up and the comfort level and the, I think the confidence because, you know, readers and children that do well in school are confident. So we, we're building things with individuals and children that might not have it. But it's not limited to the YWCA. There are a lot of very affluent schools that are, that use our services because the counselors have found that a child might actually be a pretty darn good reader. But there are a lot of emotional things going on in their lives. Perhaps there's been divorce or death and or other bullying. Uh, we actually have just started a bullying program, and an anti-bullying program. And they send these children, because the children are sitting there reading to Sally, but in reality, they're having a conversation. And that's when I'll go back to the handler. We train the individuals as much as the dog is being trained. And so the individuals who are volunteering do this, and so the the rapport they have with their animal and then the, the relationship that they have with who they're serving, it's just magical. I just, it's magical. What, what um, is, is that magic, though? If we can get at that just a little bit. I wonder with, with a, let's say with a dog that's going in to be with a child entering into some surgery. Is there a particular level of comfort that the dog is able to provide? Is there just a level of acceptance? I think about when you're talking about the reading program, that with a dog who is sitting there and a dog to whom you can read, there's no judgment. The dog isn't going to laugh at you. Can't you know if you can't read? And uh, and it, yet the it's something that you totally, Donnie, totally touched about the judgment. Is a child in a wheelchair? Mm-hmm. The dog doesn't care if the child's in a wheelchair. The dog doesn't care if you don't have any hair because you have cancer. That's just if there's no judgment. If you think about your pets and how they love you on any level, then as I'm saying magic, but I mean, there are actually now like studies, thank goodness, and things that are being done. And we're having a lot done, as I said, by UAB to actually prove 
and it's kind of so much as anecdotal, but it's not. I mean, you know it when you're there, so how do you prove this to the scientists so that you will, you know, be able to expand your services? But when dogs are around, their blood pressure, like their heart rate decreases, their blood pressure decreases, it reduces stress. Many people in hospitals or hospices and palliative care have, those with, specially, with special needs, they don't really just benefit emotionally, but they're also really benefiting physically from regular contact with a therapy, with a trained therapy animal. It is just phenomenal. We're seeing it. I mean, we're seeing a person that has Alzheimer's and hasn't spoken in a year. And Betsy and Sally go, you know, every Tuesday to palliative care at UAB. And Sally, the cat, is in his lap and he hasn't said a word in a year. But he still strokes and the cat's there. And then all of a sudden, he says, cat. And there's this comfort and then you look at the family that's been sitting here you know in distress and they're so stressed out having a loved one that's in, in, the, in this kind of shape and they I mean it's like the letters and the calls that I get from those that are around it are it was the happiest day we had it's the happiest day we've had in a year mm-hmm. it's the most productive day we've had in a year what happened today there are no words there is no price for and at, we actually have physicians and therapists in this area that prescribe it that they actually have it as part of their protocol at the hospitals and in, in some of the therapy situations that an animal-assisted therapy team come in for this individual, that they will be deciding what the protocol will be for this person with this problem and will be somebody that they call and ask to come in. You mentioned at a point there about price. Now, is there a charge for these services? Every service is provided to everyone free of charge. There is no price. I knew you would and say <laughs> uh, we, and there is, it doesn't cost anything. What we do at Hand and Pie, we are not a facility. You don't walk in my door and have anything done. We facilitate this work, and every single person involved is a volunteer. They're volunteering their time. They're volunteer, and there are a lot of requirements for the animals. I mean, you don't walk into the cancer center at UAB without having your animal has been bathed, clipped, ear, I mean, the night before or taken, you know, that all the things that have to be for, for them to let us in the cancer center. So these owners and these pet owners are, are going through so much time and money of their own to volunteer. And so we spend, when money goes to programs, it's so that no one, regardless of your stature, wherever you happen to be, because, you know, things happen to people regardless of who or what you are or where you are at the time. I mean, cancer strikes everyone. As I said, reluctant readers are not just at the YWCA. They're also, you know, some of the better schools. Alzheimer's is not something that one group of people, it only affects them. And so it's very important to this organization, to its board of directors, and to the phenomenal volunteers that we never charge. And so, but it costs money to get all of this done. And to, we're a small staff, but we're pretty active. We work a lot to make sure that these visits take place and that we serve as many clients as possible. And as I said, we have 80 on the waiting list. And, you know, we have, like, on the waiting list, we have children that are suffering with cleft palate and are going through the surgeries. And so can you imagine an animal and how helpful? Because the animal 
doesn't care. I mean, the animal will love and hug and, and, and what you get out of that meeting and, and that time together is something that very, you, you really couldn't get it from anybody, anything other than an animal. We love animals at Hand of Haw. You, I would never guess that from talking with you. I know. <laughs> we love animals. I think we sh- we should probably note here that when you have mentioned uh, UAB, that we are talking about the University of Alabama, Birmingham? Yes. Right. Which that's is a phenomenal okay. hospital. Okay. Uh, it's one of the top in the, in, in the nation. We're very lucky in Birmingham. We have a cancer center that is southeasternly renowned and recognized. Our children's hospital we have children from all over the world. That is another thing that with Hand and Paw. We are getting more and more calls from people from New Zealand, Israel, Germany to actually ask about starting. They found out about animal-assisted therapy and somehow they found out about Hand and Paw and want to start that sort of work and do this in other areas in the world. And we have been a teacher and a mentor to those all over the world. As I said, this wonderful person named Beth Franklin who started this in 1996 had a vision that has become internationally recognized organization. And again, I'm just thrilled to be part of it. I will tell you one more program I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about, because one I went to last week. Because mm-hmm. I do, every time I go to a visit, I just come back and just love my job even more. And the last visit always seems to be the best, even though it isn't, because I haven't been on a bad one yet. But at the cancer center, children with cancer have, most children that are going through really bad cancer have a period of time when they do radiation. And it's such a stressful time, and it's the children can't eat or anything but prior to the radiation, and they come in and they go back to this little room and get on a table and drink this stuff and they're actually put to sleep. They call it milk. I don't think it really tastes like milk. At any rate, we now have a program where the pet partners are out in the lobby with the patients. And so two weeks ago, I was with a three-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old, and they were all three battling cancer. And if you had seen them, they, you know, they were called to come to the back and they had the leash of Abby and walking back there, grinning, smiling, just so excited. We go back into this room where the, you know, where the radiation is getting ready to take place. They're still holding Abby. They're so excited and they're put to sleep and we leave. And then when they wake up, we go back. So they wake up and Abby's there. And so they never know what they did or that Abby wasn't there for the whole thing. And we literally had a child that was upset. He was four. And he was upset. It was his last day of radiation. And he said, well, I have to come back to see Abby. Mm-hmm. And so that just kind of gives you an insight of, how, of the lives that you're touching is that for a child to go through something like that and not understand and their parents that something, as I said, we didn't cure their disease, but, man, did we make it better that day. And having to go through something like that, that it was something that you'd want to do again. But, you know, in a four-year-old little boy's mind, he wanted to see Abby. One of the things that really strikes me here is that the dogs are not really doing anything other than being dogs, right? It's pretty much a, a ministry of presence. They actually, we are certified, as I've told you, through Delta Society, which is internationally known and, and, and renowned, and that the certification is very intense. I mean, we have a group going through now, and so to be a volunteer with us, you give a lot of hours in workshops and trainings, and you go through a very vigorous evaluation, 
and if you and done done you don't pass you don't pass. I mean it's not hand and paw rules, it's Delta Society rules. But hand and paw adds an additional training for those who want to be more goal oriented. We have with our pet prescription goal oriented therapy and children are actually the dogs are trained to help the child with their motor skills or mm-hmm. there's a program that where children have not, and these children are literally from all over the world, where they've had something happen where one of their arms is not as strong as the other arm. So they come in for three weeks, and they have the good arm in a cast, and they can only use the weaker arm. And so when they when the dogs come in, they literally, the therapists have worked out where they, they use their hands to put beads on the dog or to brush the dog or to pour water for the dog. I mean, so there are goal-oriented therapies that some of our animals do that are not just the love and the affection and the, you know, incredible, unconditional and without any vice or thoughts, but just, what you know, empathy and loving you, but there's also a goal that's being accomplished. And when I said that a child walked, it was in one of those goal-oriented sessions that the dog had the leash along with the handler and stood up he was just standing up and he took his steps and he took his steps with the dog so we have both we try to fit the needs of the community along with the needs of the volunteers i mean the volunteers and the pet partner teams are our heart and so of what we do and there are those that have the time and want to spend it with very goal-oriented services and then there are those who because of their schedules are very excited to have their animals sit there and have somebody read to them. It's both. Well, I wonder if you had mentioned about uh, individuals from other parts of the world who have contacted you and uh, wanting to learn more about your work. I know that we have people who are likely listening today who are in places like Japan and Malaysia and Germany and Russia. Any advice that you would offer to to those folks or to others in other parts of the world, other parts of the country who would like to begin an organization like this in their area? Yeah, I really do have advice on that. One was twofold. Because we have such an emphasis on the evaluation and the screening and the workshops and the training, and that is key, and I think that having a reputable outside source, because like Delta Society, for instance, is international, I think that the most successful organizations have reached out to those who are recognized because when you when you facilitate trying to get into certain areas, it's a lot more powerful that it's not Kitty at Hand and Paul that did this, but actually it's Kitty at Hand and Paul that's talking about a pet partner team that was certified and went through the training that was needed for the services that you're provided. The other thing is that as strong as that needs to be, and this is just the world if you are starting with a nonprofit, is standards of excellence and good practices, best practices. Boards of directors are extremely important. I have learned through a lot of school and a lot of other positions that a person with a dream cannot always get it done as effectively or as efficiently or as quick as you might like to without having the support of others. The the whole idea of animal-assisted therapy and animals making a difference appeals to people in all walks of life. You don't have to be even a pet owner, and you certainly don't have to be somebody that wants to go into a hospital or a nursing home or a school. You might be a banker. 
you might be a lawyer or an Indian chief, whatever, but you you have the more support you have from the outside from the community, I think really helps jump start you in, into working and doing the work as well as you could. There are so many different organizations that I know about that have not had the success that Hand and Paws had. And, and the success is not just in our numbers and how many people we're serving. It's where we're serving. I mean, it's the fact that a doctor writes protocol animal-assisted therapy in the dialysis department of Princeton Baptist Health Hospital. I mean, it's that kind of open, you know, acceptance. And I do think the strength of a board and having a, a, a population that's diverse that starts with you on your venture is really important. And then I think that you need to make sure that your animals have gone through the kind of training that's necessary. Because if there were to be an, some kind of incident or if something were to happen in some of these settings, it would be really hard to recover. And no one can promise anything. I mean, we're not 100%. We've never had an incident. But, I mean, that doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen with humans and animals. But that kind of stability and foundation, well, if you start that way, you're just going to spring forward, I think, that much quicker. This organization has done a phenomenal job, and I think it is the strength of all that are involved, that we always ensure best practices if it's how we do accounting or if it's how I talk to you on the phone, but I don't know if it's been best practices on the phone with Mac and Molly, but that you, you make sure you do it right. And as passionate as you are, the doing it right part and ensuring the training makes a huge difference in, in the work and what you'll be able to accomplish. Well, I think certainly your passion for this work has come through really loud and clear in this conversation that we've had. And I'm, I'm very, very grateful that you uh, have taken time out from this important work to, uh, to chat with me and to uh, be heard by all the folks who are listening today. We are nearing our time to close, and I, I wonder if there's anything else that you'd want to be certain to mention. Well, I hope that everybody understood my southern accent. Uh, they may have. They they, did. You know, when you, okay. When you talk fast and southern, it's a wonderful combination. And uh, I have spent time out of, a brief amount of time out of the south, but I've never managed to lose my accent. So I hope that everyone's understood me. I think the I am extremely passionate, but I'm passionate for a reason. I am passionate because the work is that important that the work can make such a difference. And I think that is what I would leave with is that this doesn't just feel good and it's not warm and fuzzy. And I know from my own personal experience what my animals have done for me. So it's not that every individual doesn't have a story, you know, that an animal made a difference in something they were going through. But this work is big and it's just really starting we're we're looking at working with children in the justice system children in detention there, there's no end to what animal assisted therapy could do so i think my main thing to those out there listening is to look it up to read about it think about it if, if it's in your area and to support it because during times when social services and other services are struggling it's another opportunity to add something important that does it is costless to those that are consuming and the services are needed and to be in support of that would be wonderful wherever you are well thank you kitty so much for being with us and and thank you for the marvelous work you do through hand and paw if folks would like to learn more would you just want to mention your website oh please i'm so excited about my website 
www.handandpile.org and it is great and it really tells you a wonderful story and also has lots of phone numbers for you to call and there's six of us here and everyone is passionate as Kitty is and would love to share our story and be any help. We feel like that we're here for a reason and it's not just in service to our community but if we and we are actually on a pretty regular basis helping others with questions and thoughts they might have and people visit us and come see us firsthand on, on how to get started with the work and also for some things that may be going on in your community that you didn't realize that we might know about it. Wonderful. Well, photographs of uh, Picasso Pets artwork, Kitty, and Hip Workers in Action are found on the blog page for On the Road with Mac and Molly. If you have any comments or questions related to this episode, I'd invite you to email me at the address you'll find at the blog site. And as always, I hope you'll be with us next time as we head out on the road with Mac and Molly. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.